the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can't believe in Truth Talk 800 Truth Talk 800 This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ. AM 860, The Answer, The New KPAM, AM 1640, The Patriot, 93.1 L-Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. If you'd like to find out information on how perhaps you could have your own radio program, expand the reach of your ministry or business, appear at our concerts and events like Fish Fest, Reventone, The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast, Secret Keeper Girl, The Pastor's Masters, and more, just shoot me a note to Mike Lee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Chris Williams is across the glass and across the desk. We have Pastor Garth Dotton. He is the pastor at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. You may remember not too long ago we had an interview with Drishel McRae, who works in worship at the same church, if I'm correct on that fact. And if you'd like to attend Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, their address is 5209 North 22nd Avenue in Portland. Crossroad is Northeast Sumner Street, and that's right near Salt and Straw, so you have an, another excuse to go there. And we're also looking forward to seeing Pastor Garth speak at First Friday at Adventist Medical Center. And that's coming up on Friday, May 4th. Adventist Medical Center is the hospital located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. And First Friday is the non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. In fact, you can qualify for an optional free dinner if you RSVP online. They prefer it being a couple of weeks in advance. And no RSVP is needed, so just show up and attend and enjoy. First Friday, beginning at 7.15 at Adventist Medical Center. And on the May 4th edition, it'll feature Pastor Garth Dotton. So welcome, Pastor Garth. How are you today, sir? Very well, thank you. Good to have you aboard. And while we're plugging your church, Saren Seventh-day Adventist Church, let's let our friends know that you offer Saturday Children's Bible School and the Church at Bible Study at 945 and the Church at Worship Saturday mornings at 11, in addition to a Monday Bible study and prayer at noon, and on Wednesdays, a midweek study at 7 p.m. Hopefully I got all those facts correct. Oh, yeah. You got them all right. So good to hear you, Pastor Garth. Can you tell us what you might be sharing about coming up on Friday, May 4th, for First Friday? Well, I'll be going back uh, and sharing um, when I went over to North Carolina. And... Uh, being in in that vicinity, getting to know individuals in that community, not realizing that I was in the in the thick of the um, the ghetto, uh, pretty much, um, and so I placed I was placed basically in a situation that was a matter of life or death, and uh, being able to to pray in that situation allowed for me to to really realize that God God is real, um, 
and this is certainly no joke, and that he, he's able to step in. So that gave me the encouragement uh, there to know that certainly um, God is certainly looking over uh, his children, and especially over me in that situation. So I'll share more about that on First Friday. Oh, we're all looking forward to hearing about that testimony, Pastor Garth. I think it's easy for us to want to become soft, especially here in America where we're allowed to pray, we're allowed to have Bibles, we generally have three meals on the table a day, a roof over our heads, decent enough systems in place, mass transit, etc. I think that it's easy for us in American society to become soft at times. Mm. So do you believe it's the stressful situations like what you'll be sharing about that really draws closer to God? Yeah, definitely. Um, if, if you're just carrying on with life and you don't have any, you haven't faced any challenges, um, then most likely you would be soft. It's, it's challenges that, that makes us hard, that makes us um, understand that, you know what, it puts us to a test. And going through that test or that trial uh, sharpens us. It, it allows for us to know that, yeah, God is real. God is looking over me. And uh, without that, yeah, we could take everything for granted. So for sure, for sure. One of the th- stories that we need to delve into is where you grew up. And how you've taken your childhood experience and used it for a positive fourth today on how you pastor at Sharon Seventh Day Adventist Church. So, could you go back to where and when you were born? Wow, I was I was born in Grenada, West Indies. Um, moved to Toronto, Canada, when I was a, a little boy, um, and that in itself brings up a whole lot because uh, living in Canada. I didn't realize that the part of town that we were living in was not the best, as you can say. Um, so that brought up... Well, as a child, that's all you knew. Right. So you had nothing to compare it against, really. Yeah. Well, well now that I look back, I realize that, okay, it's, it's not okay to have somebody dealing drugs on your street. It, it's, it's not okay to, to have somebody prostituting themselves on, on your way to school. Now that I look back on that, I say, well, wow, you know, the area that we grew up in was, was certainly... Um, not good, but God was still still there, um, and it strengthened my faith, really. So how old were you when you were in the Toronto area? Um, probably about eight or nine I was in Toronto, um, and that was is great. I mean, you, you get to go down the hills with, with, with the snow and, and enjoy it as, as a child, but then you realize that there was a lot of, of uh, crazy things happening right around you. Um, you know, one of my one of my classmates was was brutally murdered, um, and we didn't understand the significance of that until much later on. As I look back, they they finally cracked the case about three years ago, um, after so many years. So certainly, we it was not the best part of town, but um, but certainly we we decided that you know what we had a mindset that we're going to do something different. We had to be able to to get through all of the challenges and the, the pitfalls that were there. Uh, some of my classmates died um, before we were able to even graduate. So that's just some of the, the history uh, there from, from Toronto that I, I remember very vividly. Well, you're a pastor today at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. Was faith a strong part of your upbringing, Pastor Garth? Uh, yes, it was. I, I, I say that I, you know, I was not one of the 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 children who basically strayed from church and you know had that experience uh i almost call myself the brother that stayed home you know in the in the story of the prodigal 
uh, son where you had one child who, who left home and tried to find uh, what it was like in the world, and then you had another brother that actually stayed at home. Um, I'm the brother who stayed at home. I'm the one who, who tried uh, my best to be able to, to, to do what was, what was good and, and honorable. Um, but yet, realizing that I also had my challenges and realizing that I can't just look at someone and, and, and look down upon them based on what they have experienced. So I've learned, I've learned some lessons. Be sure on that. So did you always aspire to become a pastor? <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. In fact, um, from about age three, I knew that God had something for me to do. Um, I actually, I don't know if it was a dream. I'm just thinking about this moment. Um, but I went to my parents and I said, or my mom and my rest of my family, and I said to them, um, God, God wants me to be a missionary doctor. And they looked at me like, where, where are you hearing this thing from? At age three? At age three. And they're like, a, a missionary, what? They haven't even heard about that. I don't know what, where that thing got in my head. And that was what I was sharing with them. And so I knew that God had something for me to do. Didn't know exactly what it was um, that he was calling me to do. Um, but this continued. I, I became the, uh, the kid because I, I always memorized a lot of Bible verses. Uh, so for every churches, I almost went on tour almost because they were amazed that this little kid um, would know so much Bible stuff. And so I, I memorized a lot of Bible uh, passages. I was in front of churches repeating those passages. So they were amazed. So some individuals were calling me a pastor from that young age. They almost saw it. Um, when I got to about age 10, and so I started preaching. And so I was preaching a lot. In fact, I was always very short. So they had to give me a little box to stand up because I was behind the pulpit. Okay, so other three-year-olds are using the step stool to reach the sink in the bathroom. You're using it to preach from a podium. Pretty much, pretty much. And that's, that's, what, you know, that's how it all started. Um, when, I, when I got into my teenage years, that's when I said, you know, when all puberty hits and then you start seeing uh, young ladies walking around, you don't want anything to do with that. And so that was, I guess, that moment that I said, ah, this, this is not really for me. I think I want to go in a different direction. Um, that was a, <laughs> a moment I think I'd always remember. Um, but God actually changed that. Um, it came down to the point of having to even choose where I would go to school. And I wanted to go into allied health. I wanted to, to go into allied health to be a, a physical therapist and, and all this stuff. That was my dream. Um, because I did not want to be anywhere remotely close to ministry. Um, and then three things actually occurred in my life at that time. The first is that uh, I was in a, a bicycle accident, um, a very bad one. In fact, I still have the scar on my, on my arm and underneath my chin. So many people don't even know this, but, but I can't even grow all the hair under my chin because I have a big cut under my chin from the, from the accident. And in that moment, after I got up, um, I, I said, well, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to do what's, what's, what God wants me to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to go the path he wants me to go and, and follow this, this call on my life. So your bike fall was like your Jonah moment. It, it was. It's like, okay, get me out of this whale, get me out of this bike injury mm -hmm. and I'll follow you after all, God, please. Indeed. <laughs> but then I changed my mind, you know, <laughs> 
I mean, it's just is as so many of us <laughs> are privy to do. That's right. And so I changed my mind. I said, okay, you know what? I'm I'm getting I'm healing now, so I don't think I want to go through this. And um, I'm going to go to the school that I wanted to go to, and uh, and that was in in Ottawa, in uh, in Canada. And I decided that's what I'm going to do. But in that in that few weeks before another thing happened, and uh, that's where I was stuck in an elevator, and the elevator actually dropped from about the 20th floor to about the 15th floor. And I'm in the elevator alone and I'm in there and I'm stuck for this long period of time. And until I'm like, okay, I know what this is all about because I'm ringing the bell to get out and I won't get out. No one is coming to my aid. It's over an hour and I'm still stuck in this elevator. And uh, finally I got down on my knees in the elevator and started praying and said, okay, God, I know what this is all about. Um, Okay, I'll do it. And then the elevator door opens. Wow. So God made that crystal clear for you, didn't he, Pastor Garth? Indeed. But even then, I changed my mind again. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, want to go through it. And that night, I got stuck in a burning building. Um, we lived on the 22nd floor. And uh, the building caught on fire. And uh, that's about 2 a.m. in the morning. And uh, we could see people from the floors below being rushed out with the paramedics as they came in and they're taking out on stretchers, some from smoke inhalation, all that stuff. And I knew uh, we wet towels, put it out the window, trying to make sure that they know that, that we're in the building. As most people would do in a fire, uh, we put the towels, wet the towels, put it against the door, the front door to make sure that the smoke doesn't come in and all that stuff. And um, then I was like, I know what this is all about. I know what this is all about, but I don't know if I want to do it. I, I, I can't do it. And, uh, and finally I prayed in that building, I prayed. And then there was a knock at the door and a knock. It was a firefighter who said, you're going to be all right. Um, that's when I, I couldn't change after that. I decided I've got to go and study and do what God said. Pastor Garth Dalton is the pastor at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's their prayer that when you visit the Sharon Church, you never leave the same way that you came. Their purpose is to make disciples. Their core values include prayer, preparing people, and praise. And their mission statement is to welcome with love and minister to their families, their church, and to their community. Plus, you get to see Pastor Garth speak at Adventist Medical Center coming up on Friday, May 4th from 7.15 to 8.30 because it's another edition of First Friday, the wonderful non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. All the information will be found at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. And when we return, more of the Pastor Garth Dotton on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Pastor Garth Dotton, who not only serves at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church on Northeast 22nd Avenue by Saltonstraw in Portland, but he's also going to be the keynote speaker at Adventist Medical Center coming up on Friday, May 4th, because it's another First Friday from 7.15 to 8.30 p.m. Absolutely free. No RSVP to just attend and enjoy. But if you ever want to cash in on a healthy, delicious free dinner, make sure that you RSVP online a couple of weeks in advance so they can make preparations. And do make sure that you visit Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. Saturdays, Children's Bible School and Church of Bible Study at 945, and the Church at Worship Saturday mornings at 11. Engineer Chris Williams came in to make sure he heard the story right. So we want to backtrack just a little. Can you tell us about 
hearing from the Lord at as young as an age of three to go into ministry and then come adolescence, kind of turn your ways and have God speak to you through an elevator incident. What exactly happened there again? Well, the, the elevator dropped from about the uh, 20th floor to about the 15th floor. Okay, was that physically painful to, not only scary, but did, was that like going through a car crash or something? Yeah, because uh, I was tossed about in the elevator. I don't know if I was if I was knocked out or not, but I was on the ground for quite a bit. Um, and so I was ringing that bell for their life. Um, the emergency bell in the elevator, you, you're pressing that and you keep hearing that ring. And I just continued to press it, hoping that somebody would hear. But after about an hour or so and more, no one came. And I kept on ringing it, but no one would come until I'm like, I know what this is about. because. Uh, so what was it about at this point? It, it was a call that was on my life. And um, I'm trying to avoid that call um, and go my own direction. And so God is, is just coming back and saying, no, I, I need you. I need you to do this. Um, and, I, and I need you for my work. And I'm trying to avoid that every way possible. And until I actually got on my knees and started praying out and saying, okay, God, I know what this is about. You, you have me in this elevator here. And, and I promise I'm going to do, do what you say. I'm going to do this, this, this thing, whatever it is that you want me to, to accomplish in my life. I'm going to do it. And as soon as I said that, the elevator doors opened. And miraculously, after hearing from the Lord and dedicating your life back to Him, you went the rest of your days miraculously in His paths. No, I right? wish I could say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that. But the truth is that, you know, after about a week or so passes, that wears off. And so I just decided to say, you know what, okay, uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to continue to do what I want to do, which is, you know, go to, uh, to school, be in allied health. And um, I have my school picked out. Everything is already stated. They already, you know, um, have accepted me. That's, that's the route I'm going to take. And uh, he had to confront me yet again uh, one night in a fire in a building. Um, and that's when I finally made up my mind that I'm going to go and do what he says, which required for me to actually change my schooling, uh, change my, my school direction. And uh, that, that was also another path that I thought I can get away with because if the school did not accept me and if I could not come up with the funds and if I was not able to go, then certainly then um, I would not follow this, this direction and still be able to have an excuse to go where I want to go. And um, I ended up leaving from Toronto, Canada and going to school in Huntsville, Alabama at Oakwood University. Um, So that's a vast change from staying right where I was to being now in an uncomfortable position, not knowing anyone in this far place way down south in uh, in the U.S. So here you are now. Yeah. And how how did you adjust to all of these changes in your life? <laughs> wow. Uh, there's been so many um, because, you know, it, there's been so many changes that you, you learn to adjust the changes. God has you so you can never, ever be comfortable. Um, there's always some something to make you uncomfortable and to bring you to another place or another situation where you're tested. So that's my experience in terms of uh, how, it's, how it's been, I guess, in my journey. Um, so I went to, to Huntsville, I went to school there, and then ended up going back to Toronto to pastor um, my home church. Can you tell us about that experience? No, that's, 
that's uh it has its ups and downs because uh you know what where's happens. a good place to start put oh, it that my. way well a good place to start is probably uh maybe before i was born um and before i was born um my mom was in church uh she belonged to the church but the church of course was very very hardcore, you know, very old school in that um, if you didn't follow certain rules, then the church leaders would say, you are, you are out. And so that was the experience that my mom had growing, growing up. She was, of course, in the church doing what she can to help. In fact, she was a youth leader of the church. But then she, she met this man, fell in love with this man and um, got pregnant. And some of the church leaders said, hey, we found out you're pregnant. Uh, if you get, get through with this thing, you're going to lose your position in the church. You're going to lose everything. So why don't you get rid of it? And of course, that it was me. And these are church officials advising your mom. Indeed. Um, these were the, the top leaders in the church who turned around and said, hey, you have a lot to lose because you're, the, you're the, the leader of the youth. Why don't you get rid of it? And therefore, you can remain as the youth leader. You can remain in the church. And they didn't see how hypocritical that was in her taking a life to be able to stay in a position. You mentioned earlier, Pastor Garth Dotton, the, the term old school. Do you believe that that is changing today or are churches overall? And I'm not singling out any particular denomination or church of any size or ethnicity. But do you believe that the church at times is guilty of trying so hard to protect its own image that perhaps it's not following God when it comes to justice and righteousness because it doesn't want to besmirch what their efforts mm-hmm. have been trying to build. Yeah, and, and I can't speak for every church, but I know that a lot of churches today are making an effort to change the view that, that has been from the past. And there's been a lot of hurt that the church has caused in the past. I mean, if they had their way in the past, I wouldn't exist. And so... I know that the change that took place then was actually a change in that church, in the mindset of people. Because after a while of my mom not showing up to church, not being there and kind of just saying, I don't need this, someone in the church decided, no, we can't leave her out there. And they came, they visited her at home and said to her, we miss you. We want for you to come back here. We need you as part of our family. And that was the change that happened in my mom's life, why she actually returned to church. Now, it was tough, I'm sure, because you always have individuals within the church that always look over and say, oh, you know what she's been, you know what she's done. Uh, look, you know, she's, she's carrying this child and all these different things. But she stayed. And because she went through that experience, it made her tough. And, and she instilled that in me to an extent where I, no matter what happens in the church, it's not going to change my direction. I know why I'm there, and it's not because of anyone else. It's because of my relationship with God. So did this church turn when your mom was bold about her decision to keep you? Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that they did. Because uh, what happened later on is that this little kid that they said the it grew up in the church, continued to lead in different capacity in the church. And then, in turn, some of the same leaders who had said, get rid of it, their children no longer wanted to be in the church because they saw the hypocritical nature that they had. And so they didn't want anything to do with the church. 
And guess who they turned to and said, hey, maybe you should talk to my child about coming back to church, the it. And so that's how God sometimes takes a bad situation and is able to turn it and allow for individuals in the church to see that their ways, the error of their ways, and be able to utilize individuals that they would have written off. So through you, Pastor Garth Dodden, the one they said to get rid of Mm -hmm. as a child, has God been able to use you to counsel some of these church kids and steer them back toward the Lord and say, yes, there's hypocrisy. Yes, there are people who say one thing and do the other. However, God is still good, Mm -hmm. and His truth endures. Indeed. Um, I remember one experience, of course. Um, Some of my friends were not attending uh, church anymore. And then I got a call one day that one of my good friends was in prison. So I took the time out, drove way out of, out of town to go in this, this little town in the middle of nowhere to visit my friend. When I entered into that prison and, and all the, the different doors were shut behind me, I got into this room with the glass and the phone. And uh, you can see at the bottom where they call the bucket. It's where you have uh, a lot of guys, hundreds of them, um, in the bottom. Uh, you're overlooking them in all of the cells and so on. And my friend came in with the shackles on, um, and I spoke with him. And in the background, I saw all of my other friends from church. Many of them were placed in prison too. And so they're all calling me as this group that was my class in school, in, 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 in church school, in Bible school. We were there every morning. Every morning we were there together in class, and now most of them were in prison. And that, of course, you know, it, it, it strikes you because you realize that you could have been there. I could have been in that prison with them. But God really had mercy upon me and, and was able to change my direction. And in turn, just coming back to your question, I was able to speak with my friends. Some of them came out of prison and actually came back to church. And so it takes sometimes us going out of our comfort zone and going out where individuals are and meeting with them because you might be surprised who you find out there. There are those who grew up right in, the, in church that are now no longer attending and are involved in all manner of stuff, but God still has a call on their life, and they're still valuable to him. So for those of us raised in the church, but getting mixed signals, or perhaps seeing gross inconsistencies, or things that we're afraid of, Mm -hmm. do you have any good words of wisdom to heal hearts and wounds that need to be addressed? Yeah. um, Not everyone in church has those hardcore um, philosophies where they, where they feel as if, you know, if, if someone is not coming, then you're written off. No, I, I believe the experiences of individuals are different. And, and because of that, everyone has something to share. Um, and you're needed. If someone was once in the church and now are no longer coming, you are needed. God has a call on your life. God wants you to accomplish something. It's a matter of now coming back and saying, you know what, let me, let me give it another shot. Let me give it another chance. In the same way that God gives us another chance, maybe we should give God another chance. I love that. So was it a difficult 
drive home after seeing so many of your classmates in prison? Well, it was hard. Um, I think I had to do a lot of reflection at that point in time because I realized that um, for the crimes that some of them have committed and were in there for a long period of time, I realized that growing up in the neighborhood where we were, um, it was it was just like some of us were, were, were doing the same things. It's just that we were not caught. And so very easily, um, I probably could have been there with them. And so that, that made me reflect on a whole lot of where my life was going. And I'm just, I'm just happy that, that God actually was able to, to take me out to some degree out of those situations to put me on a new path. You can catch Pastor Garth Dotton at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. They meet Saturdays at 9.45 a.m. for the Church at Bible Study, while they're also hosting a children's Bible school. The Church at Worship occurs 11 a.m. Saturday mornings with a Bible study and prayer Mondays at noon and a midweek Bible study at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. So it's wonderful to see Pastor Garth being the keynote speaker at Adventist Medical Center, located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205, to hear more about his testimony and naivete that led him to a dangerous narrative where he was alone and surrounded with the possibility of death. Yet, he came to realize that the experience prepared him to deal with an unexpected family health crisis. Through it all, Pastor Garth eventually learned about trust and hope and the power of prayer in the face of adversity and illness. So you could hear a lot more about Pastor Garth directly on First Friday. It's coming up on Friday, May 4th from 7.15 to 8.30. And if you'd like more information, you can check out the following websites. SharonSDA.net for his church. AdventistHealth.org for Adventist Health and First Friday. And all these links will be up at TrueTalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. So are you excited about speaking at First Friday, Pastor Garth? Oh, looking forward to it. I know there are a lot of individuals who come out and they, they want to be involved in the community. Um, and I'm looking forward to that, to that time. Looking forward to hearing more from Pastor Garth next on Difference Makers. You can catch Pastor Garth Dotton right here on Difference Makers, in addition to at his own church, Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church on Northeast 22nd Avenue in Portland, plus at Adventist Medical Center's First Friday. It's coming up on Friday, May 4th from 7.15 to 8.30 p.m. And Pastor Garth, can you tell us anything about music? Music, wow. Well, the Sharon uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church is huge in terms of music. And every year we have the Lift Every Voice uh, celebration. Now that is uh, throughout the week. We have workshops all throughout the week. We have workshops to learn the different songs, and then on the Saturday, uh, the Saturday evening, we usually have a concert um, for with all the songs that have been learned throughout the week, um, and that's been going on for years um, with the directorship of Linda Foxworth and Derek Foxworth and their family. They have really uh, allowed for this thing to just blossom into a huge celebration for the community. So that's something that's ongoing um, annually. That must be a great outreach to the community, not only to the churchgoers, right? Oh, for sure. Because uh, we have, well, this year alone, we had over 100 people in the choir um, that we had. And that's from every denomination, every area um, of the city of Portland and Vancouver and so on. So uh, it's, it's something, if, if they're not experienced it or haven't been there, 
to see it, then certainly it's something that, uh, that I would uh, encourage everyone to be a part of. So how many years has this been in existence approximately? It's about 18 years uh, so far. And so we're looking forward to next year, which probably, um, by the looks of it, because it was, it was so largely attended this year, um, that we may have to move the location for next year. Well, that's a good problem to have. Okay, so now that you've been rolling about 18 years or so on this event, have you had any legacies, any, any parents come back with their kids? Oh, for sure. Well, I think it, it, that's how it's, it's continuing to blossom because individuals know that it's there and uh, it's been happening for, for so many years now. Uh, when it first began, it was, it was you know, just a few people. But now uh, you have individuals who have, who have been there. They're, they're parents now. You know, they were youth then, now they're parents. And they're, they're saying, no, we have to be a part of it. But they also want to continue to be a part of it. So that's the experience that, that we've, we're seeing and we're having and it's fantastic. What a wonderful tradition to be able to share. Indeed, indeed. And continue. So you are very, very community-driven at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, aren't you? Indeed. Can uh, you tell us about your food pantries in particular? Oh, well, that operates um, the last two Saturdays of every month. Um, we serve families and, and individuals from the community, uh, some who... Um, are just down and out, struggling and trying to trying to make ends meet. Um, they come out and they have food um, there that's non-perishable. Some are perishable, actually, um, that they can have to be able to cook so that they know that, hey, you know what? Someone loves you. Someone cares for you. And you're not there alone. You don't have to struggle through all of this. So you can always come by and get some food. That's wonderful. What a great outreach. Are you looking for help in any particular areas or are you taking donations? And is it better to donate items or donate cash? For instance, some of the ministries we've worked with in the past, they get better bang for their buck when it comes to buying food to distribute. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, you could buy 10 bucks worth of spaghetti sauce, but for your 10 bucks, they could have perhaps gotten 20 bucks worth of spaghetti sauce. So, so is it better to donate cash or items or is it a combination of both? Well, it's, it's probably better if it's, if it's cash because, of course, there are, there are laws. You can't just take food um, from anyone and just begin to distribute it. Um, so those, those are the things that prevent that. Um, but there is a good way to, um, to give. Um, you can give online. You can, you can come in. You can give a donation um, personally, um, and you will get a tax tax deductible um, receipt for that. Um, but there is something else that is is coming for the community, which I think is is much better than that. We want we want your support. We want your presence also, um, because we're in the process of a renovation, and that means that our kitchen for years has been, um, for the most part. Um, servicing individuals and families, but we want to expand it. We want to make sure that it's, it's totally renovated. So we're in the expansion renovation project right now where we're going to be taking our kitchen and modernizing our kitchen to ensure that it can feed uh, families with hot meals because we know that there is certainly a crisis here in Oregon where families are going without sometimes. And so we want to make sure that families can not only come in and receive um, food to go home and cook. Some don't have the means to be able to cook the food. So we want to be able to have that on hand and cook a meal. We've had experiences where individuals come into the church um, on a morning and says, you know what, I, I don't need money. I don't need um, 
you know, food to cook. I just want a hot meal. I'm, I'm hungry. And, and that hurts my heart because we were not able to do that. Um, go down the kitchen and, and cook a food for a family or a couple of families. We didn't have that, that ability. And that's a need in our community. Uh, in Northeast Portland, it's a need. And so we, we're, we voted to transform our kitchen to make sure that families can come, come out and receive a meal. They can sit down, feel a part of this family, and know that someone cares. And so if you want to donate, please donate to our kitchen renovation so that we can have our kitchen that to feed families in our community. And it's not simply a handout, but just uh, sharing a meal and some fellowship as well. So as a result of your outreach at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, Pastor Garth, have you seen more people willing to attend church and find out what you're about? For sure. Um, everyone's got to be involved. And that's, that's I think, the, 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 the mode that we operate by. You're not just going to be coming in and sitting down in the back and think, okay, well, you know what, I've, I've done my duty and attended church today. Like, no, that's, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be involved, to make a difference in individuals' lives. And, uh, and individuals, they, they come for various reasons, but we have seen a change, and we've had seen individuals just coming and saying, hey, how can I be involved in this thing? And so that's, that's been an awesome experience so far. And the hungry are not the only segment of society that you're addressing at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. Can you tell us about your work with refugees? Yeah, well, we've, of course, you know that in Portland, I mean, we have a whole lot of new individuals um, who've come into this country and into Portland. And so we want to be there for them. And so uh, we have had a large group of families who have come into um, our church, our church family, and they are a blessing um, to us because they're, they're so vibrant, they're so active, and a lot are our children. And so we have transportation to get them to and from church, different activities that takes place even during the week. We have the transportation there to be able to do that. And so that's a blessing in itself, and we have seen a large growth in the refugee population here in Portland and in our church. What better way to show the love of Christ to people who are, are moving to a foreign land? Indeed, indeed. And, and we, we intend to, to extend that. Right now we have just partnered with, uh, with Big Lake, and some of our children, our refugee children, will be able to attend a camp um, for free this, this year. And so in the summer they'll be able to go there and experience what it's like to be in a, in a camp with other children, being able to, to go um, uh, you know, on those, those ski, uh, water skiing and be able to experience what it's like to be, be away, be there, singing songs around a campfire. Those experiences will change your life. And so they've had, they've had the opportunity this year to be able to experience that. In the past, Pastor Garth Dotton, we've had other people join us from the Oregon Youth Authority. And on the break, you mentioned that you, too, have a connection. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is something that we're partnering with, with the Oregon Youth Authority at McLaren, and uh, we'll be there. We have uh, chosen to adopt uh, one of the, the homes on the campus of, the, of McLaren, and so we'll be there. Um, so what exactly is the McLaren facility and the Oregon Youth Authority for people who might be less familiar with the organization? Oh, well, Oregon Youth Authority, that's um, children and youth who are incarcerated. And so it goes from about age 12 to 24. And can you imagine a 12-year-old being incarcerated um, and being in a, in a home? 
And then sometimes their sentences are, are so long that, that uh, even after 24, they would have to be transferred to another uh, adult facility. And so as a church, we want to impact their lives. We want to show them that, that we care. And we take time out to go down to uh, McLaren and to be there and to have different um, programs to show them that we actually care for them. Imagine that some of these children have never or, or have not been contacted by family members for a long period of time. A child, a youth, imprisoned, and yet not contacted by family. That's a lonely experience. But as a church and as a family, we want to show them that in spite of their family being rejecting them to some degree, that we are there as their family. So that's, that's our partnership. Um, and there are, there are hundreds of young people in that facility. So, Pastor Garth Dotton, how long have you worked with Oregon Youth Authority, and how did you get started? Yeah, well, um, I've been here since last July. I came into Oregon from Toronto last July. And from then, I started to make strides to contact the chaplain, Sean Page, at uh, Oregon Youth uh, to be able to see how we can impact um, the facility as a church, how we can support uh, the ministry there. And that's how we all got started. And so it's still, it's still a process, but I know that uh, things have taken off, and now we can certainly impact much more. So tell us about being a dad, not just being a shepherd of a congregation at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, but tell us about your role as a father, Pastor Garth Dotton. Well, that's something I take very seriously, um, because my children are so dear to me. In fact, uh, they came in to me, with me today um, because, because I want them to see and experience all of these things, um, you know, to be able to see what, what ministry is all about so it's not separate from our family. We, we, we are ministers in everything that we do, um, but I spend time with them. Uh, I read uh, to them. Uh, they love that. I take time. We, we would wrestle and have fun. Uh, spend that time together, go out and explore Oregon and, and Washington, seeing what it all has to offer. And, and it's, it's fun. It's, a, it's an experience that I didn't have even as a child, but now I get to spend that time with my, my children so that they can look back on these moments um, and say, truly, my dad loved me. So if you've only been in the Pacific Northwest since last July... Are there certain landmarks or staples of the Portland area you haven't yet made it to? I think there's a lot that I haven't made it to. Um, so I'm, I, have, I have a whole bucket list of, um, of places that I, I have to go. So what have the kids liked so far? Oh, they've, they've liked everything from the Children's Museum down to the zoo, um, you know, down to the waterfront, um, all the bridges. I think we've, we tend to try to explore some of that. Um, now we have to go to, to Mount Hood. I think that there's a hike coming up in the next little while, and so I want to actually take them on that hike uh, up there to Mount Hood and so that they can enjoy skiing. But we want to do it in the middle of summer because we've never had that experience to actually go skiing in the heart of summer. And has the transition from Toronto been fairly mild on your children? I think it's been pretty mild. Uh, they're used to, to very strong or solid winters. Um, so they've been asking, when is winter going to get here? Uh, because they, they're used to the snow, a couple of feet of snow, but we have yet to see that. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if, if, if we want to see that here in Portland anyway. Um, but they, they want to at least see 
more snow. At least they think that winter is not here as yet. Well, good old dad might have to take him for a drive, <laughs> maybe head out to Bend or something to get some snow that's uh, more Toronto-like. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> so, Pastor Garth, we've got about three minutes remaining in our program, and we're so thankful that you took the time of day to come out and bring your kids to our stations, not only to talk about what you're doing in the community at Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, but also for the fact that you're speaking at First Friday on May 4th at Adventist Medical Center. So do you have a, a personal invitation to send out to someone who might be on the fence? Perhaps they don't yet know the Lord, or maybe they grew up in a harsher church environment and they walked away. Yeah, for sure. Um, then I would certainly want to invite you out to this program at Adventist Medical Center. Um, you've got to hear uh, what God has been doing, not only in my life, but in the life of my family, and how, if you're going through a hard situation, um, that God can certainly look after you in those times. Um, one thing is for sure, I will share with you um, just my own personal experiences, some of, of what I've been through, and in that, be sure that you will see that God's hand is over our lives. And no matter where you are, no matter where you are or what you have done, God still cares for you. And he really wants to save you in every aspect of the word. And he will do whatever it takes. No matter what you've been through, no one is beyond the redemption of Jesus Christ. So for those of us who might be in between churches or looking or new to the area, what's good about Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church that might be worth coming to see you on a Saturday for? I tell you, Sharon is a very different church in that if you have never experienced what it's like to have a gospel worship experience, then you have got to come to Sharon. Um, the music, phenomenal. The, the testimonies, experience everything there is about making a difference in someone's life. And if you've never experienced what it's like to, to encounter that, then you need to come to Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church. I, I assure you that you will certainly not leave the same again as what our value statement actually states. And uh, I tell you, it's, it's historically an African-American uh, service. Um, or an African-American church. And of course, you know, the area has changed. And so everyone from all walks of life attends Sharon Church. And so you are welcome to come and join and to be a part of this service and experience what it's like to worship God. If you'd like more information on the church, please check out their website, SharonSDA.net. That's SharonSDA.net. You could also follow Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church on Facebook, just like you could follow Adventist Medical Center, the host of First Friday coming up from 7.15 to 8.30 p.m. on Friday, May 4th, featuring keynote speaker and pastor of Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, Garth Dotton, sharing about his life and experience and the fact that no matter what you've done or where you've been, there is always hope and there is redemption through Jesus Christ. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy or formal. It's just receiving Jesus Christ. Garth, thanks so much for dropping in on us today. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Difference Makers. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.